I don't listen to this show. Why would you? It yeah, sucks. you'd have to be a fucking moron to listen to this show. Not only is it free, but it's terrible. They're always so wasted. You are now tuned in to drink this podcast. Matt and Paul G. Chatting top quality, you know they always got a free talk policy. Guests speak honestly, no apology. Full spectrum from politics to comedy. Please listen responsibly. A few brew in, chance of animosity. A couple more brew when the crew getting wobbly. No matter this, the park place of podcast monopoly. Drink this podcast. Rarely have I been happier to see another man weep. Maybe. If you said it less than 12 seconds ago, then maybe. Because I want that on air. (laughs) Um, Alex Jones, fuck him. (laughs) That was one of my favorite episodes of all time, and it's completely improvised. We had absolutely no plan. You and I do pretty well when we're just the two of us, though. It goes a little more off rails as soon as we add in anybody else. I think that was also Except where we Paul. were like, no, the, what was what was setting us off was occasionally we just like lean away from the microphone going, boo, you <laughs> suck at this. Do better. I think that was when we were also talking about how uh, for life. If general. you don't like this, then you can take then all you, of your zero yeah, dollars. <laughs> I paid my zero dollars and I want you to change what you do. Speaking of, um, I was on the podcast Twitter account this afternoon and came across that thread with that lady who was telling I was just going to say, <laughs> that lady who did not care for my <laughs> critique of her position whatsoever. Oh, that was <laughs> Where she funny. Like, she had tweeted, the way it came to us was through Ryan Bowen. So, I saw this from somebody else, actually, like a, right. a blogger I follow, and I almost replied on my personal Twitter yeah. and then didn't. The reason, the reason I saw it was because Ryan Bowen tweeted it at us. And, like, it, it was a woman who writes for The Star, maybe, or The Globe and Mail, and some other lifestyle magazine, who had said, like, dear drunk podcast, dear beer podcasters. No, it was drunk podcasters. No, it was beer podcasters. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, dear beer podcasters, uh, if you're drunk, don't put your episode live. You're not as clever as you think you are. <laughs> so, she didn't tweet it at us. She was in no she way talking. Never heard. No, of she's us. never but, fucking heard of us. But you had to jump in. Oh, f- well, so what? <laughs> Ryan, like, okay, well, Ryan had tweet- quote tweeted it at us and was like, "Look at it, you drink this pod." And I was like, "Fuck that lady and everyone that looks like her." Before um, not this- fuck you, Ryan though. Oh no, Ryan's joking. <laughs> like at least he what he was doing was like, Haha, like yeah. I believe he was joking. But what I said to her was, "Dear podcast listener, most podcasts are cheap, if not completely free. If you're listening to one you don't like, that's on you." Period. Uh, and then I made she him- got real. No, upset. well, what she got mad about was when I quote tweeted her and said. Hey, free content creator. I don't like your free content. (laughs) Hitting unsubscribe seems harder to me than you changing what you do, so I'm happy. (laughs) You started a flame war. Oh, and then she's like, you seem to take criticism real well. You're the one who's not taking criticism very well, first of all. And then she called me a troll. I was very, like, straight with her. I was like, look, this... I know you're not talking about me. I know you, you've you never heard of me. Well, you she would, made a point of saying, I didn't know about you yeah, until today. You, you've never heard of me and you would hate my show. Like, I totally get that. And that's totally fine. But that's what's great about podcasts is like, I don't have to answer to an executive. Yep. Nobody, I've gone on this diatribe a million times. Nobody says yes to this but me. Yeah. Uh, and the instant somebody who has no interest in like paying for any of what the costs of this are 
uh, in like patronizing my non-existent advertisers or donating to my non-existent Patreon can go fuck themselves. Like, <laughs> if you have constructive criticism for me, that's cool. We can talk about this. But if your blanket is just do it better, go fist yourself. Find another podcast. So the other thing which I replied to and reacted pretty negatively to was she tried to... Uh, plop out that well i've been a beer journalist for eight years mm. and i'm like collectively matt and i have been in the hospitality industry for like t- for like almost more more than two decades no, like yeah d- together yes. t- collectively about we've probably... probably 12 to 15 years apiece yeah, yeah. so like that's great you've been and i didn't with... tell her to fist herself in the tweet just like no. my general demeanor is if you've got nothing better than you're doing it wrong like go fuck yourself we were super polite about it i even like when mm. i when i waited into this later on in the night my response was basically like if you want to start pulling out bona fides like We've got decades in this, and, like, that doesn't really mean anything. Matt's been a rep for, like, five years. We've worked in retail yeah. and, ho- and like, bartending for, like, more than a decade. Yeah. And, they're uh, by, they... and that doesn't have any bearing on what we're talking about. No. Like, but great, po- you've done this for a while. Cool. Podcasts are by no means immune from critique. Like, that's there. But... Ours is dumb, but yeah, we have fun. This show fucking sucks. Terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. But we all have fun <laughs> doing that's it. that's what's great about this show is it gets to be terrible and yeah. nobody can say no to that and that's why podcasting is awesome and anybody I'm who wants to march in up for this and decide <laughs> what is and isn't acceptable and what isn't isn't viable like i can speak to my tiny niche audience and they enjoy well, but what matt, we do. and matt that like that goes for any kind of craft or anything right. that you do with passion like you know i'm sorry but there's not a lot of plumbers that get up every day and they're like i can't wait to do my job and, yeah. and be an artisan about it but like the second you get into anything where it's Mm -hmm. just about entertainment or like culture or whatever there is no right or wrong on it if you don't like it there's a million other things there you can move on and enjoy you can take your zero cents yeah it takes to listen to our dollars matt and and i have been doing this for five and a half fucking years and we wouldn't keep doing it if we weren't having fun having so much that is the only reason this show continues to exist and sometimes like not often like rarely but sometimes i meet somebody in the world who's like oh i know your podcast Thanks, man. Thank you so much. I really like it. Great. I'm glad you like it. Thank Actually, you so I was saying this to listening. Matt before uh, before you showed up here, but when I was doing the rounds at beer after I was helping out at Beer Fest, anybody that knew Matt, mm-hmm. I would introduce myself as I'm the one Matt does his podcast with. Oh, I know you. I yeah. thought your voice sounded familiar. When I bought some of this equipment, the guys at the sound store were like, "Oh, you're the guy from like that screaming doctrine place." Like, yeah, that is me. Cool. Yeah. Didn't Not get, only the show, but the yeah. fictional studio. Didn't get me a discount, I might add. <laughs> oh, well, fuck those guys. <laughs> if you're that much of a fan, help out it, a little bit. <laughs> right? But it's completely democratic. So anybody yeah. who comes with a gatekeeper attitude instantly, like, yeah, that gets me my hackles up. Cause, like, That's fair. Go away. Go well, away. Well, that attitude doesn't help foster, you know, new people yeah. getting into it and it helping nourish and, and foster the the whatever that exactly. industry or that all that you field did is. was dunk on some not like some not even you yeah. didn't even call somebody out you're just like generally you people suck if you do this yeah. like, go just it's go a valid for yourself because like it's nothing and that's what's great about it is what you have to say means nothing anybody can do whatever they want and reach their like two to a hundred thousand listeners like however many people want to like jump on what you're doing yeah. can do so and anybody else can like move on to literally literally every other podcast everybody has a fucking podcast i like i listen to kevin smith's fat man on batman which is like an hour of show and then an hour of q a and 
the the amount of people who step to the mic like admittedly likely white dudes and are like oh yeah like thanks you inspired me to like podcast like every guy is like oh what's your podcast name like it it happens right so if, if you don't have if you don't have something constructive to say please move on yeah yep is all all I got to say. Targeted critique at a particular podcast or group podcast, yeah. excuse me. Um, I'd have been a lot more amenable to yeah, you than if just you a have, blanket like But even that like even at that point, there are things that happens in shows that I love that I don't like. But it's point zero one percent of the show that even like, if it's point like even if it's half the show, yeah. You either like unsubscribe yeah, unsubscribe or you can like unsubscribe. If it's free There's uh, with with I think it ultimately comes down to like when you have literally every choice in the world at your fingertips through technology yeah, like, and, and anything that you want to really be passionate and enjoy, you can find and seek and that, that you don't, you can let it go. Like I there's no, no up. reason to shit all over it. You're right. I, I see this pop up on Twitter a lot where people are like, I really, to uh, people like, particularly celebrities or content creators like i really love your art but or i really love your music but like i really wish you didn't tweet about politics so much and it's like so fucking unfollow them like nobody's making you pay attention to this it it legitimately annoys me that there is never a musical update posted to the cake facebook page like it is consistently (laughs) radically left-wing politics i just want to know when you guys go on tour man but (laughs) the the articles don't upset me so like i I continued but yeah if i didn't want that i just just don't have to read them exactly you don't even have to unfollow right i'm a i'm a fan of the mute yes Uh, I have everybody in this room muted. <laughs> I don't actually. Uh, I, like, love you and both. I will. I will preface all of this is uh, all of my previous arguments about shut the fuck up if you're not paying for or you don't have like pointed criticism or direct constructive feedback. I also within the past month wrote the sentence. I got to think about how I phrase this. If you write the sentence. Um, if you're consistently writing the sentence, you don't really need to remember these names. This is just background, like superfluous background information. Delete it and write, I am deliberately wasting your time and then quit your job as a writer. Like I did write that almost exact <laughs> sentence about a podcast. So yeah, sometimes I get shitty about it, but I feel that was a, a direct enough criticism, if not necessarily constructive. You know, come down off your ivory tower if it suits you, eh? <laughs> sometimes you gotta like stomp around in the mud a bit. That's all I'm saying. Like I should Let him eat fucking <laughs> I'd like to note that I have thrown zero shade on Twitter in the past month, and that I am. Perfect. Oh, that was on Facebook. I'm I'm just perfect. That's all. <laughs> just perfect. Yeah. Sometimes uh, somebody in the room has to be. Today it's but me. like hey, if I Twitter feel like is it's a central tenant to my my voice to be negative about certain things and speak up about certain things, but uh, I don't think it always. Uh, I don't know. If it doesn't forward the conversation at all, then what's yeah. the point of saying something, right? right? You just, uh, you like, just, you like, but like what is ultimately upsetting about her initial tweet is the reason she tweeted it was to make everybody think like, oh, that's clever. Yeah. 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 We've changed the topic from what I was going to say there, but in a response to something Corey said, uh, I, I have a date with somebody this week uh, that I met through a dating site and she referred to me as optimistic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, anybody that's ever met me is not optimistic. That's not true. No. That's I'm not optimistic. <laughs> not true. Uh, um, if you ever get to the point when you're listening here, to this, I'm you now know how staring, wrong you are. Yeah. 
I'm sitting here staring at a copying a copy of Being and Being Nothingness and nothing by Jean-Paul Sartre. I, I understand and, and this is, five words in that book. <laughs> yeah. uh, so there's, for there's the also record, a copy of Thus Spoke Zarathustra and a good chunk of Nietzsche stuff on that shelf. Oh, I yeah. love that book. So, so, not what I would say optimistic no. reading. No. I've known Corey for what? Like four years now? I think, uh, and Matt for longer, a while. Yeah. You guys can attest, Optimist is not where people no. go first. <laughs> have a, has everybody got their fill of chips? <clears throat> no, but I haven't touched any. But that's cool. Oh. Do you want some chips? No, I'm good. I just like I feel like we should start the search the show pretty soon. So are we not recording? Well, we're recording now, but like start is this the not the show? show? The intro hasn't done. Yeah, it. like yeah. we could just continue on like this and then pretend we're an NPR documentary or something <laughs> like at the just at the very yeah, end this has been has been during this podcast um, I understand is a joke I've made a hundred times on this show and like that is uh, we have literally done that like we have forgotten to intro the show and just be like oh I guess this was drink this podcast <laughs> I mean not to be pedantic about it we haven't done a hundred episodes so we Almost. haven't done that specifically a hundred times we'll but... crack a hundred in the next year probably yeah maybe yeah. no I, I don't know I can't do math we're at what, like 80-something? 80 83. This will probably be episode 80. We do every two weeks. It'll be this year. 20, ep- like, or 17 episodes? Yeah, I guess you're right. That'd be 20-something weeks, or 30-something weeks. Yeah, nope, you're correct. We're only in April. So happy almost anniversary. Almost a, se- almost a centennial of episodes. It only took us eight years. <laughs> five years. Five and a half. Six by the or time we get We're five and a half right now. Yeah, it'll be six by the time we November of 2012. But uh, nobody pays me for this shit. Sometimes I don't have time, okay? We've actually been really good for the past, We've like, two years. Pretty good. I've, I've started to, like, let it slip to Saturday, but as as often as I have a show to put out, it goes out. Uh, I'm just remembering this isn't a visual show, so I just made a really sarcastic eye roll and shrug. <sighs> for the whatever number of people I, actually I try to get to it out as consistently as possible. I got um, no like, skin I, because game, I am so I'm just going to let you two hash this out. <laughs> well, just going to, like, bash the show? You guys are fucking assholes. I we, hate you all. That's <laughs> yeah, my general approach shrug. in life, isn't it? Shrug. Yeah, shrug yeah that's kind of like my general attitude about some things now. It's like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care. I think that's an important art to master is knowing when to not give a fuck. I believe there's a book called Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Possibly. I don't know. There's also a very well used GIF from Jessica Jones of the giant eye roll. I think I used that this week in our group chat. Maybe. I do a lot. Shane likes that picture of Gilbert Godfrey in the Nazi reenactment. Yeah, that seems to show up a lot. I'm, uh, I mean, if he had said Roseanne in the Nazi reenactment, I would get it. But that makes sense because she's a monster. But uh, oh, per- you haven't seen her photo shoot? Oh, she, I have. Yeah, she's a monster. The cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy. Like, there's a clip of her singing the national anthem at, a, I believe, a football yes, game. Yes, that remember is. Remember when that happened? Is awful, and yeah. like, I love that. That's the person that. So it's like. Colin Kaepernick should be fired because he takes a knee, but Roseanne should be lauded after doing that. Like I realize it's petty <laughs> hypocr- like it's petty hypocrisy picking, but like I mean, fuck I'm, all you I'm, guys. I'm, I'm gonna no, go back not, to yeah. that she did a photo shoot while dressed like Hitler. Oh, I didn't know about yeah. that. Oh with, yeah, so with in, her in a kitchen with in a, a Nazi outfit cookie, with burnt burnt people. person things with the Hitler mustache. Are you kidding? With and a big and fucking an smile. The and the outfit, and the, the whole Nazi, nine yards. The sausage. She yeah, was she dressed did. like Hitler with burned person cookies. She's like gingerbread men? Yeah. yeah. She's a fucking, fucking I I have awful. no time for this Roseanne no. reboot. I didn't like the original. I have no fucking time for this new one. I appreciate the resonance of the original, but I really don't now, care that the character has like a transgender grandchild. I don't fucking care. Yeah. Roseanne is a fucking monster. Here, 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 here. 
Jesus Christ. And this is defendable because comedy? Well, because the mustache is too wide. Question the mark? The mustache really gives it away, though. <laughs> um, and she has a few more pounds than uh, Hitler oh ever did. God. So I think how we're going gonna to frame this around eating dog again. Okay. I'm going to start that way. Okay. And, like, lead into a conversation. Because, like, and, like, I think that this is where we have the vegetarian conversation. Yeah. Talking um, about antler in Toronto. Uh-huh. Antler. Oh, no, Toronto. I don't want to talk no. about that shit. Fuck no. that guy. No. <laughs> like, uh, again. You, you do understand that those those activists had been at his restaurant, like, four or five times previously in the couple months leading up to it. I actually, and I'm. He had <clears throat> he had sat down and actually talked with Marnie Unger, the organizer of that. I think her name sure. is Mungi, Marnie Unger. Something like Unger. that. And, um he's always had vegetarian and vegan dishes on his menu. Right. Yeah. Always. Well, and I mean, any good restaurateur does, and he tried to work with them and they persisted in harassing his customers and his business. The objection I have to that as well is that he tries to source as much as he can from ethically hunted. Of course, meat. he's one of the most well-educated and, and, and so like chefs in that regard. I, I have family who are hunters and I actually had a conversation about this last weekend where I, when I was uh, staying for the night with one of my cousins, whose husband is, he goes out and hunts all of their family's protein for the year. And like, he is really careful to be ethical about it. He goes yep. and does it all himself and he preps all his food. And part of that is because he can guarantee where it's coming from. Yeah, of course. And so if somebody's going out and doing that, even if it is a, a more meat centric restaurant, I'm super not sympathetic to people being like, Oh, you're killing He's food. Not, like, well, but he doesn't serve wild game there. Yeah. It's, you know, still it's though. farmed game. It's mm. farmed game. They're not allowed in Ontario to sell wild, wild game. game. Um, I have a particular point of contention with that. It really bothers me that the health boards are so inconsistent on what is acceptable and isn't. And, and <coughs> But at the same time, he, he does that with everything. He does that with his produce. He does it with his seafood. He yeah. is a very, very conscious chef. And, and being a chef these days is not just about being a cook. It's yeah. also being... Um, an advocate in your own way economically or speaking out for something you believe in and sure. and standing behind we have an opportunity to educate <clears throat> he was at a breaking point after you know five six times of this happening and uh quite frankly i i stand behind him a hundred and ten percent me too um I don't think he was doing it to be an asshole. If they're going to stand in front of his his establishment sure. and harass his guests and their choices sure. uh, with a banner that reads murder, they should see what it is. Sure. And, and, and the ignorance of that protest mm -hmm. um, was exemplified when in the video of him doing this, the organizer was like, do we even know what kind of animal that is? And somebody suggested that it was a cat. It was a deer leg which is substantially bigger <laughs> than, a cat. than an entire cat. Yeah. Um, and they don't even understand the process. They're not willing to learn about <clears throat> that and what lengths we go to in the industry to ensure that we're affecting change wherever we can. Oh, so there's a thing that I read about this where they were talking, they interviewed somebody involved with the protest where they were saying that like, well, uh, you know, how awful is it that any any other living creature would ever have to give up their life to feed somebody, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but, like, we're evolved to eat that. If you choose not to, yeah. great. Like, if you're going to yep. do that, good on you. That's fine. I have absolutely no objections. I My stepmom, for years, when we first met her, was a raw food vegan. If that's what your thing is, then, yep. like, I don't care. But it falls into the religion kind of territory where, like, if you're conscientious about it and you're you're 
try, particularly if you try to be ethical in the way you source things and the way you eat, coming up and being like, well, you should only ever eat vegan and fuck you, you're a monster if you do otherwise. is like, well... I, I like I, no 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 like I understand that hey no I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> the best metaphor I've ever heard to exemplify this argument is, uh, it is very much. I can't remember who who said this, but religion is like having a dick. You know I don't care that you do. Please don't, don't fucking pull it. it out in public, and definitely don't fucking force it upon my children. Yeah, that episode of and, Seinfeld where he like, pulled it out. Yeah, uh, keep it to your damn self mm. because I'm not out there forcing my will upon you. If I choose to open a business where I offer product and service to those who want it, yeah, you need to respect my right to do so and the right of my guests to patronize me. And if you don't like it, just don't spend your money here. Yeah. Sure, but Plain I don't. I don't know all those nice things about that guy because. Like you have to know that once you do that, that's going to be the story. That's it. Oh, like, for sure. That's what it's going it, to be. And so if he wanted beneficial. people to know that, he really went about it poorly. But but he didn't. His restaurant is now sold out for months in advance. You know, like there's been a huge amount outpouring of support for it. Patton Oswald was like, "Next time I'm in Toronto, tweeted out, I'm coming I saw to, that. I'm coming to your mm-hmm. restaurant." Like he, there's been international coverage about this, and and Fair at the core of this experience this situation instead of him being belligerent and like lashing out against them he went out in front and he showed his craftsmanship and the amount of dedication and training and knowledge that you have to have to handle a blade that deftly to break down a deer leg that cleanly and quickly Um, he knows what he is doing and he knows how to use every part of that animal. Okay. And then for him to sit down and eat it in front of them silently and not engage mm-hmm. at all is his own form of protest. And if, you know, for them to sit there and say, oh, he's provoking us and he's belittling us. No, you're sitting there doing that to him and his mm-hmm. customers. Yeah. And it, it shows this huge amount of hypocrisy. Like, when when it went on i i went and i looked at the um or the the animal rights organizers facebook page and she's an avid cyclist like and races in in high level um competitions it looks like from these photos you can infer and you sit there and you think about like there's animal products that go into the tires of those bikes mm-hmm. and into uh, the nylon or the lycra, whatever they're wearing and all that kind of shit. Uh, it's used in animal use is everywhere and we will never inherently remove that completely from our society. What you can do is manage it better and be more ethical and ensure that the entire animals be neutralized and the waste yeah. is minimized. But these attacks on a business um, demonstrate a huge amount of hypocrisy that she ultimately uh, doesn't any longer have a leg to stand on because of her own actions. And, uh, and, and I, I, no, protesting. I have like I get what you're saying, and like veganism is a problematic. I, I don't want to talk about vegans. I don't want to talk about veganism. I'm happy to no, talk about people eating activists. The I, seal I just I don't want to do it because. <laughs> but like, you want to talk about eating dog. Yeah, I want to talk about eating dog, and I like I don't, right, but I don't want to have like I don't want to have to take responsibility for vegans. I don't want to have to sit here and advocate my position and then have to take responsibility for I suppose somebody who's a dick. 
in um, fairness, it's worth noting that Matt is the only non-general meat eater in the room. Yes, that's fair. But you are. But we've had this conversation before, and you are, you have a very personally you don't you don't force it upon others. No, and, I don't. And but you you very much support people's right to choose can do whatever yeah. they want Corey, can and, i get you to talk a little more into the mic i'm just noticing okay. that I, doesn't have a speakers on but i find okay no i don't force it on other people but i find the notion that vegans are preachy or or somehow are like aggra- like there are aggressive vegans in the world but there mm-hmm. are aggressive a lot of people in the world for sure um and i still have to deal with the fact that they say prayers at city hall so uh, like, yeah, some vegans are privileged fucks, but I'm happy to call them privileged fucks. <laughs> I, I'm not going to take responsibility for their position. And if you want me to say that people who eat no meat are preachy, we can wander down White Avenue and see how many bacon jokes there are on the fucking chalkboards as we go. Like, the number is astronomically high, is significantly higher. Like, the notion that it's preachy to say, like, sometimes I like salad. Yeah is ridiculous to me especially from a culture that is really invested in meat for every meal like dude and i and i'm a huge huge advocate for like carnivore tendencies like you know i still love butchery i still love cooking animal and whole animal but like as a chef i've made it a point to try to minimize my instead of having it be like a 60 percent portion of that plate being protein based it now becomes like sixty percent vegetable, grain, starch. Yes, which is like plant-based proteins, right? And then you know a, a forty or thirty percent ratio mm. of protein, like totally. And, and I think, but and also using as much of it as I can. But I don't think like I think there's this there when chefs get involved in the stuff it's much like you were talking about earlier where people say you should ju- just shut up and stay out of politics or you know whatever right. and just cook or just the, you know like the fox fox news uh, about lebron james shut up and just dribble shut up and dribble oh, man. no you don't you don't get to fucking say that no and that, like, you're right you know and that's and i think that's where I've I never thought about it as like a silent form of protest before. That's actually yeah. it's a really interesting perspective. And you're right. I do, like I don't I don't care what you do. I think that it would be better if you did X. I want to fucking serve um, horse in a restaurant. And I damn it, you it spoiled it. We were no. getting there. We were building a thing. <laughs> we were building a railroad, and you ruined it. Well, this is what happens when you build a railroad without any fore planning. <laughs> I also know this That's... is what this is what happens when you try and build a railroad without ever actually introducing the show. Um, so you're right. Like I've always been, and I like I recognize the hypocrisy of a meat centric culture attacking a an alternative, like attacking what is an alternative and a viable one. Like there are lots of vegans who are he- like who represent all broad spectrums of life. And, and I understand the, like to eat that way is a privilege that I possess. Like yeah. it's something that not everybody can do. I'm never going to tell somebody that they should be. If eating. we, if we told the Inuit to not eat meat, mm-hmm. that people would, would die. die. All of them. It would be a, it would be a, a genocide. The way I've always you know? framed it is that eating meat is an amoral act. It is devoid of moral judgment one way or the other. Like you can apply moral judge moral value judgments to it and like not just like your own personal like there are things that you can do in the production of meat which I, I the reason I don't eat it a lot of it is exactly that. 
um like it's i think the way it's produced is unethical and yeah. environmentally destructive and like completely unsustainable so like i'm gonna i have the privilege to step out of that so but you're but you you would also we won't do it here and now unless you really want to but you can also you're willing to sit and listen and understand that like not, like that in and of itself is a blanket statement which is incorrect because in certain applications and certain management mm -hmm. models agriculture is the best solution for uh environmental conservationists right. like properly managed ranch lands with proper rotations and introduction of um, biodiversity, um, healthier systems all around. Sure, but is that's the best alternative. It's just like saying if we went counterpoint, if we went completely 100% vegetarian and vegan, yeah, we would end up needing far more oh, uh, uh, yeah. resources in order to manage. If that everybody stopped system. eating meat tomorrow, we would be in a whole heap of shit. Like, yeah, I, I fully understand that. Um, properly Balance. managed and correctly Balance. correctly balanced, yes. But that's that's a deeper conversation about how that's like antithetical to the capitalist environment we exist in. Like efficiencies are not are not inherently good, and sometimes mm -hmm. like the way and you it, go it, about things to make money is. Like, not the best way to do it. And to, to be forward-thinking enough to try to do these things, right. you're often facing an automatic, you know, loss, corporate-wise, exactly. you know, revenue-wise, for many years. If your position yeah. is that your business has to grow every year, which is kind of the basis for business, yeah. you're and you're talking about, like, something that's, like, land use and agricultural development, you're never going to be able to sustain constant growth. No. That'll never happen. That's when I say completely unsustainable. That's what I mean. Like we can't operate in a world where we're growing every year. We're increasing the amount that we're producing every year. Wasting forty percent of the world's food production. Precisely. Like, so it, we don't have an issue. We don't have an issue with world hunger. Mm -hmm. We do, but not in the in the traditional idea of it. It's it is that we waste too much food and it doesn't go to the right people, and it's based around making a profit versus doing what yeah. agriculture is supposed to do which just is just feed fucking feed people yeah totally period um which is why like i'm i, I enjoy having these conversations with Corey. it's a lot of fun. <laughs> um so i do enjoy the like the rock and the hard place that our culture is in where we're like we're moving towards this hyper localized idea of production but also want to continue making money and growing and getting bigger globalization is is kind of integral to our mm -hmm. survival at this point right um so the like the lines that they'll draw where like some things are um or and for those of you who who are uh playing along at home we tried to have this conversation a while ago and like for varying reasons we had to kind of like stop and and it didn't end up getting out in the world but i did say it would be the most controversial thing we would ever talked about on the show that's right um so we're we're trying to fall back into that rhythm but what i what i enjoy is like where people get incensed about what like people who would otherwise eat beef pork lamb like all kinds of animals like the animals that they're like mm, like i really enjoy the idea that one day we're gonna have to eat bugs like to well, survive as a species certain cultures do and and certain cultures already do and like where there's where... a there's a tarantula shortage in cambodia because they eat them well they eat yeah they're like fried in street side stalls and huh. stuff and they're actually at a point where they've over hunted them huh and they're concerned that the species will not exist in that region and they Jesus. will lose one of their core cultural foods 
Interesting. <clears throat> um, so I, I'm always interested <laughs> to see where where people's lines are drawn. Yeah. Right? Like where where like what they think is like somebody who wouldn't eat X calling me ridiculous because I don't eat Y or whatever. Like because yeah. I don't quite get up to where their line is. Um, and once. Uh, like when we sat down to record last time, I had seen something on Corey's Facebook page that really intrigued me. So I had to ask him, have you really eaten dog? I have not. <laughs> I definitely would. Would you? If I was in a part of the world where that was part of the culture mm-hmm. and, you know, to experience it once. Sure. You know, like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that there are certain lines that I will draw. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I love watching hunting shows. And there's been a, a few over the years that are, I'm, I'm getting into hunting. I went shopping for my first bow. Uh, oh, so you're bow hunting? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to get I've into it I've always been curious year. about it. Yeah, I'm going to get into it this year. Um, it, I would not eat, like monkey was something I saw in one of these hunting shows. And I had a really hard time with that because it's humanoid. Yeah. You know, and like even they did it kind of in this like <laughs> I mean they, they they put it on a spit and like so a fire really? without the head, without the head, and the tail still on and the forelimbs out and it looks like a little Oh my god, stop. <laughs> I, 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 I will say it was the, disturbing. The lost episode, Corey did say that in the right circumstances he would eat me and that my cheeks look delicious. <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna insert that well, in there. If we're stuck on a mountain fucking with no right. no sense. So like, well, like... we're talking about humanoids. <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there. The one where I like I've been to places when I, I mean, when... if I was part of the Donner Party, would I be a villain now? I guess <laughs> oh, so. I, I I do have very ripe cheeks. I'll yeah, give you that. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, where where people's liners are like, and like Corey had mentioned something about eating dogs. So I was like, have you really eaten dog? Uh, but then Corey brought something else else up to me that I found really intriguing, and it was like the talk of the idea of using horse meat. Mm-hmm in in a contemporary restaurant like in a modern day restaurant um and like i grew up around horses like i grew up on a on a horse breeding ranch like they're an animal i an animal that i'm really comfortable around that that i'm like familiar with um my stepdad once told the story about being like served horse but unaware of it and like and his father and how like what a visceral reaction he had to eating horse like what the bond he had with his own horses and like how, after like, he, he ate it and then was, and told, was told yeah and what it what was his reaction like he was not happy about it like okay yeah. really yeah. upset him because yeah. that was like that's your that's your work animal that's your like partner. the culture they're like, a the, part they're a partner in your operation exactly so like and having, they're highly intelligent they're you know they, totally. they express emotion you know um, like yeah but so having grown up in that culture, I, like I was also did I like and admittedly like initially I was like, uh, and then I thought about it for a minute. I was like, okay, uh, and then Corey told me something else that I found even more interesting uh, about Alberta's horse market, mm. um, a culture again, a culture that's very centered around like using yep. horses for work. Um, is it what? I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we have one of the like largest horse meat production economies. Um, in the country? So in, in Quebec and Alberta are the only, I think it's four abattoirs, four horse. Right. 
and two in Alberta, two in Quebec. So you need a license to do this specifically? Yeah, abso- well, absolutely. And like horses in international markets. So you have to be federally inspected, which means mm-hmm. that like you actually have an, a full-time mm-hmm. federal inspector on site full-time. Really? So it's not even just like, it, it's separate from like raising say chickens for food production or. It would be. Yeah. There, I mean, there's horse ranches. There's, there's huh. ranches where horses are raised specifically yeah, for, for meat consumption. Production. Um, right here vast, in this province right in this province yeah um, probably in the city but they're not yeah gainers was like horse meat was a big part of their business mm-hmm. with gainers mm-hmm. um it it all almost exclusively gets shipped over to europe right and i mean horse is a por- core part of several um regions they call it cheval don't they I'm isn't that sure. the like accepted name for horse meat or the like pc oh, I, I, hate to, oh I can't believe it i'm not said sure that. I, I, I well mean, cheval whatever. is just it's I a think french whatever. name for horse meat. yeah okay chevalier so is the french word for knight hmm yeah uh, uh yeah and like so my immediate reaction while well, it was a little bit like interesting was not visceral and like as the vegetarian you'd think that would be my first yeah. reaction like no i think i think when it comes to our our um divisions on what we are willing to eat depends a lot on our uh i guess exposure to those animals and maybe sometimes the processes but also like how much we anthropomorphize them and and that is like that is a really hard thing to uh, acquiesce in a conversation because that ultimately starts when you are like crawling, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're stuffy of a fucking horse or you're right. Right. Like how it's, we grow up seeing animals yeah, and it, whether or not we have interaction, more and more people are re- very disconnected from. Mm-hmm. So what I, I kind of feel like is out there. <clears throat> this is directly relevant to me as the non Albertan in the room. Because uh, I had very little interaction with horses growing up. Um, my dad's ex owned one, and she was a vicious little fucking monster. Tried to kill my dad's ex a couple times because whatever. But, like, I had very little interactions with horses growing up, and I have none of that instinctive, like, affectionate connection to them. Yeah. I, I would have absolutely no problem eating a horse because most of my interactions with them have been not great. Look, uh, at, it, look, at, look at it in uh, North American culture when it comes to, like, girls six to 12 years old oh totally what do you want for your birthday sweetie a pony i want a pony and like you know know, so like i i just i didn't have a lot of interactions with them and that's that's not been my connection um but what you guys were talking before though what made me think or what that made me think of was uh octopus because i grew up in a place where i ate a lot of seafood and Mm -hmm. i have a real fondness for octopus generally and yeah, they are they're incredible creatures they are objectively like at least as smart as horses or dogs mm-hmm. or possibly even smarter. more so smarter they uh, can let themselves out of fucking jars and yeah. traps they have an intense very, level of, of yeah. intelligence and personality and very alien anytime that i end up eating octopus i always have this weird combination of this is delicious and i'm eating something that might be as smart as i am in a different way yeah and that makes me feel really weird not without language it's not but what I would say, well, who, who's to say they don't have language? They may not have our version of it. <clears throat> but, whale? Like, but would you eat Nothing whale? nearly as complex. Would you eat whale? Probably. But like, I feel bad about it. So, like, I feel like but the answer... Go, go, so let me so, finish, yeah, yeah, let me yeah, finish yeah. my thought, though. What, what, I didn't grow up around horses, and I don't have that response to them. Um, I don't have that response to much beyond... What's, like, your, what's your favorite animal? Well, dogs, and I wouldn't eat that. Um, okay. 
But that's 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 <laughs> different story. Uh, Tie it back in. Yeah. Um, See, and I my position is I wouldn't eat my dog or like your dog, but or I just would a eat dog. A dog. Yeah. I don't think I could. Uh, in a post-apocalyptic society, would you maintain those same dietary concerns and restrictions? Maybe. You, there's no way you could. But that's it's irrelevant because that, we don't live in a post-apocalyptic society. Like, <laughs> you're asking him to make a choice he's never going to be in a position What to I make. would say, though... I don't know. That, give Trump yeah, another few months. Where I'm falling into is that I don't have that response to horses, per se. And I don't have that response to a lot of mammals that I know other people do. Mm-hmm. But... I do have that something of that response with shellfish because that was the meat that I grew up with the most of. I didn't eat a lot of beef That's when fair. I was a kid. Yeah. I ate, I went out and caught my own fish. We had a cabin cruiser when I was a kid. Like I spent my summers on the ocean. It's easy not to to get emotional about fish, though. Well, and that's I just mean, it, though. Is that they we are we are not in the same category. So I don't look at a fish and go, "Oh God, that's so cute." Like I might with a baby mammal. Well, that's uh, like vegans. I you know, there's been a lot of vegans that have no problems eating yeast based products. Yeast is alive, but yeast, yeast is, is very a living creature. Yeah. So, like, at what point do you you draw that line in the sand for yourself? Well, and, I think that and, that's, and that's the so problem that I have. To, to quote on the it, like, Simpsons, I'm a level five vegan. I don't need anything that casts a shadow. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that becomes part of that, though, is that it really is going back to what Corey was saying about what you experience growing totally. up. Totally. And, well, and what your sort of baseline is, because, um, as I say, my experience with horses have generally been actually pretty dude, negative. Dude, so I've, I've had mostly... Which I've had not, good well, and bad <clears throat> memories with horses. I've had nothing but well, except for once when I Which was a kid. Which is not to say a, that I was attacked by a dog when a, my my uncle's dog when I was a kid. I was, but too. I always loved dogs. Mm-hmm. I still do. I had to get over Kona, it. Kona is my like my partner in life, and I fucking <laughs> love that dog with all my heart. Um, but I would still eat dog, and I wouldn't mm-hmm. eat her yep. unless I absolutely had to. If I'm starving on an island, yeah. just me and her, and she passes, I'm going to you notice that you qualified that with if yeah, she dies say, you're not going to kill her you wouldn't kill her, I kill her yeah, yeah. could exactly no, no i couldn't um, my my childhood dog we put down in december of 2009 and i still get teary about it sometimes yeah. so dude i cried when i had to put down my chameleon yeah well and and to like <laughs> to tie into what Corey was saying I, when i so my and my attitude to like vegetarianism is moderate moderately flexible like i will eat meat i've eaten um, meat with you you've eat, i've eaten meat with i've cooked meat for paul um i i would uh i would have happily eaten horse in yep. any restaurant that Corey serves it in if you ever um, end up doing so let us know yeah, we'll well, if, if you want if you ever want to try it for yourself uh <clears throat> ben's meats on stony plain okay um Stony Plain Road has they sell like horse deli meat. And That's actually meat. <clears throat> uh, and I'm, I've been really encouraged because I've been seeing on, you know, friends of mine um, that they're learning about this and they're going and they're actually picking it up and trying it huh. and enjoying it. Um, so I'm not sure if this is necessarily relevant to what we're talking about, but um, I think this was on air. But um, one of my cousin's husbands is a hunter mm-hmm. and I was down in Calgary last weekend and uh, had a couple meals with them and I had uh wild boar sausage that he hunted and butchered mm. and and um cased himself yeah. uh in a, a, yeah. a pasta sauce and also uh wild bison i think no not bison deer meatballs yeah that he had also same so let me let me ask you that, that boar mm. if he had taken the head and he had done like a whole roasted head mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. served that in front of you what would I, you have eaten 100 percent. cool yeah 
I had uh, I had a really traumatic experience when I was a child, <clears throat> which is like really thrown me into this um, mental fucking cyclone of trying to figure out what my ethics are when it comes right. to it. Um, my father, when I was about four and a half, five years old, we went out to our cousin's farm mm -hmm. and they were hog farmers and um, well, it was a mixed species farm, but like our tradition on Thanksgiving wasn't to roast a turkey. It was to do a whole roasted pig. Huh. And so we mm. would go out for the weekend, put it down on, on the, the yeah. Friday morning and then process it and right. then fucking roast o mm -hmm. over the weekend. Huh. That sounds amazing. Well, not the like, not the like slaughter of a pig. I mean, I just, well, well, and I was, you know, I, I understand that the thing died and it probably didn't feel good about it. I that. was four and a half, five years old. And like, uh, even, uh, from a very young age, I always kind of spent more time with the women in my family, my sister, mm -hmm. my mom, mm -hmm. my aunts, grandma, um, than the men. And, I was in the kitchen and my dad came in and was like, you're going to come and you're going to be a man mm -hmm. jokingly. And mm -hmm. like, let's go over and what's going on, dad. Well, you're going to, you're going to, uh, watch us kill the pig and oh. process it. And I like, I didn't really comprehend what was going on. And they sat me on the, uh, on the fence in the pen and my father wanted to take the shot. It was a fucking really, I don't know. He didn't know what he didn't know. <laughs> Put yeah, it that there way. were unknown unknowns. <laughs> Don't and you quote Donald Rumsfeld here. <laughs> That's the second time I've done that in less than a week. Jesus. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, so my, my dad went to take the shot. My uncle let him do it. And like on a pig, there's this basic rule where you go from like eye to opposite ear, eye to opposite ear, and draw an X. Yeah. And in the middle is where you want to hit because their skulls are so fucking thick yeah. and rigid that if you don't hit the seam, It'll they, you won't kill them. Yeah, it won't die. And my dad fucked it up and basically oh. hit it just over the eye and blew its face off. Oh, my God. On that side. And this, like, fucking, you know, 300-pound hog Remind me to broke put a loose and went out. charging around the fucking... Uh, pen oh. chasing him and my uncle and I just started screaming and crying and like fell That's off the thing so brutal and ran back to the farmhouse screaming the entire way. what a horrible so thing to witness to, yeah so I got back to the the house I don't have a lot of memories from back then. Yeah. This is one that's like been seared into my fucking I, I can't imagine why. And <laughs> ran back to the farmhouse and uh, all the women were in the kitchen. I came in screaming and they're like, what happened? I'm like, daddy hurt the pig. Daddy hurt the pig. Daddy hurt the pig. And my mother and my grandmother and my aunt fucking scooped me up and they like stormed out there and they like, you know held us away just as you could see my uncle finally dispatch the pig and it yeah. had to go down and uh my mom just helped me and the rest of them just fucking charged the pen and like screaming and yelling at my Holy father and my shit. uncle and stuff and so for years as a child until i was like about 11 or 12 um anytime my mom would cook pork she would be like i'd ask her like mommy is this pig no ham no sweetie it's ham okay <laughs> And I'd eat the ham. Is this pig? No, no. it's bacon. And I would eat. Uh. And as a kid, they just kind of kept it from me. And then one day I fucking like. Put it all together. Put it all together. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And it all came flashing back. And and I'm at the point now where that's it's hard for me to go and like work in a situation where that shit's wasted. Yeah. Like, you know, that's there's an importance. Well, in there. And, and like 
that again what my biggest issue with the like meat for every meal like really tweaks me out because like that it it entails a lot of waste and like it shows us a fundamental lack of respect for the fact that a sentient creature isn't alive anymore so that you can continue and i think there are ways in which the average person can say you know what like i don't want to be part of that system Mm mm-hmm but I do love meat. I do. And, and so you can go, you know, farm direct or whatever mm-hmm. and get a half oh. or a quarter and f- everything cut down and frozen for you. When I was in Newfoundland, but like, we would take the effort to do it. Don't totally. just shut down every option because it's not the same and it's not yeah. fair to the people that are working hard at it. Well, when I was in Newfoundland, we like went to this couple's house who I didn't realize that dad and Janice didn't know them. <laughs> like they had never met these people before. They know like, their niece or nephew their nephew out here who's i think a musician uh so like i'm in a stranger's house (laughs) Uh, uh, um which like eventually got more comfortable but like it's not a situation i like love being in what did they do they serve you like magpie no not at all dude came in uh they were love they were so lovely like they were the Fresh nicest from people. from the alley this morning, <laughs> sir. <laughs> uh, so we're in like a fishing village. Not a fishing village, but like a coastal town. Okay. Um, and dude comes in. He's got like five fish on a hook. Nice. He's like, we were, I went out fishing today. And like, there's a quota and shit. So they can only pull five out a day or something. And there's guys that sit on the fucking yep. cliffs and watch them and shit. And that's a whole other rigmarole. Uh, but he came in and like, they cooked him up and <laughs> sat down. It was great. Like, I'm always happy to like. I'm learning, I feel like my 30s is the time to learn to meet people where they're at. Yeah. Right. You probably do. Every perspective is so drastically different depending yeah. on your your environment, your influences, <laughs> like, you know, the present, past. It's it's really hard to sit there and tell somebody how to live their right. life. Yeah, and For I'm not... me, when I haven't even completely figured out living totally. my own. And I could I could choose to say no if it was really that big of a deal to me. I'd be like, no, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to, like, do that to a man who worked to feed me. Like, yeah. to do that to a person who, like, legitimately put an effort to acquire that yeah. so that you we go into eat. You go into, like, some very third world situations and cultures, and people will... Uh, have absolutely nothing to eat but they will hunt and take down say a tiger or something like that or an ox or whatever oh i eat tiger and if you are presented with it you fucking should better eat that i don't care what your morals are they went through their the effort when they have absolutely Absolutely nothing nothing. so this is your right to choose food is a fucking privilege yeah. that you have no concept of. People want to get high and amoral about it, whatever. I don't give a fuck. That is something that you are in such a privileged position yeah. to choose to do. You don't um, have the right to tell others how to do uh, it. Uh, just very quickly. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That's more food than these people see in a week. You're insulting them and you're embarrassing me. Yes. Eat it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Go, Paul. Matt and I have had uh, at least some disagreements on the topic a couple times, but um, that's one of the things I really respect Anthony Bourdain about is that uh, after decades of traveling the world, one of his things is like, I don't care what you are, but mm-hmm. if somebody, in, if you're in a, a country <clears throat> where you can't just walk down to the supermarket, and buy a steak if they serve you meat and you Mm -hmm. don't eat it you're a a terrible human being because this is probably something so this is this is not even something they can necessarily eat on a daily basis and the fact that they're offering it to you you is a really big fucking deal sure uh but 
whenever Anthony Bourdain <clears throat> is invited to like take down a vegetarian, he always talks about grandma's turkey, and grandma will fucking get over it if I don't eat her turkey. Uh, like that's never his argument when he talks about meat about meat culture or eating meat. Yeah, I, but that's, I don't that's, disagree with him on but that. But that's that's his style though. Like Anthony because, Bourdain uh, is inherently not a deeply philosophical person. He is a <clears throat> as a host and a writer, he is more about more about his it, it is more about like the flourishment of the words and the Yeah, the oh well, well that's the thing. Story, like Anthony Bourdain is a really wonderful character to have but ultimately that's not talking about the core ethical no, issues of, not of what you're doing because right? i i don't disagree with that and i that's like exactly what my story was meant to pre like meant to preface is like i i'll i'll go where you're at if this is what you're what you guys do and i'm in your space and in your home sure yeah, well, like, yeah. let's do it absolutely um but if i'm like in my own space where i can control it i'm probably gonna more often than not choose not to and you're gonna provide a different experience for those who are guests in your space. Totally, and you like know, what like, always, and that's fine. That's like, absolutely fine. Things that I notice, and I like, I know that you think that's fine, but like, it's really weird how many people will like make jokes that they think are funny that are not like. Yeah, I, I heard that before. Like, uh, <laughs> Such I'm sure as, I could use some. Uh, like, give me an example of one. I'm of trying these. to like. So if I invite, like, I invited. We had some people over. Like we every. Chris, like in December, we usually throw like a festivist party. Uh, so it's either we throw a festivist party, which is like around Christmas, just to get together. Usually, I have a shitload of beer and wine that I need to get drank and like gone. Uh, so come over, drink our booze, and like we'll have a good time. Uh, and this year we did like potluck. So and I invited people like through Facebook, and I was like, you know, so well, thanks for no invite, <laughs> asshole. I was there. <laughs> he he got drunk. I had to send him home in a cab. I actually got really, <laughs> yeah, really did. drunk. Um, well, then, well, then, well, then <clears> you <throat> want to come? I'll invite you to the next one. But like, part of the invite was like, you know, like it's potluck. Bring some, like, bring a dish if you can. Just like, keep in mind we're a meatless household. Like, yeah. I don't serve meat in my house. Like, that's just not something I do. Please respect that. Yeah, and like. Totally, and that's what I said. But there were always like there was like always multiple like shady, like slightly like veiled responses, like oh we'll have to like smuggle in some bacon. I was like, or you could just respect my house. See, like you could do that. In my family, my cousin who I love very much, Trisha, she she was vegan for quite a while and is now I think more very meat optional. Yeah, like um. But when I remember, like when she got married and started hosting family uh, get-togethers mm -hmm. over the holidays, it was like v vegan or like mm -hmm. vegetarian, all of it, and we lost all the meats. And I, uh, you know, being in my late teens, I was pissed. Mm -hmm. I was pissed about it. I was like, "Give me a break!" Like I should be able to have some meat if right. I choose, and if I wanted to bring it, I would. But they wouldn't allow that. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, like if somebody states that in advance yeah. and says, "Please respect that," we just don't. Yeah. Then fine, no problem with that. But if you don't, and I bring a meat dish, don't bitch about. Oh it. no, I wouldn't. <laughs> if like, like I didn't say, so that's why I always specify. Like this is what I prefer in my house, and the notion that it's like something that even needs to be, even jocularly commented on or pushed back against, really like it gets my hackles up because I'm like I'm. Just, or you could not, you, you could not like any other day of the week, you do whatever the fuck you want. But in my house, like maybe no, I didn't know you were vegetarian and for like the first couple of years I knew yeah. you. Really? I thought we talked about it early on. Cause you I, said, I, so, I maybe feel, I kept it quiet. Maybe if you, you did and I didn't 
catch it? The or? first time you were on the show, you said something about vegetarians, and I don't know if I had said I was one, and then I might have just not said that. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, like I say, I'll meet somebody where they're at. I want every, I want people to meet me where I'm at. Yeah. Like, if I, okay, I want to so be able to let me Let me ask you space. this. If I had you over, mm-hmm. and I sourced a really exotic meat for you, I would like eat. on the outer edges of your boundaries. Yeah, <laughs> I would eat what you served me. Cause, you but you it? and I have a level of trust. Like it, what it's what it really boils down to is what I can control and like what I can like what I know and what I, I can... wonder if I can make a monkey look like a rabbit. <laughs> so what I would say is, um, but that like you're the one who had the issue with the monkey. <laughs> yeah, like, no. You put it in front of me, I'll eat it. Matt, hey, Matt, I wouldn't actually do it. I I just like pretending to be an asshole. <laughs> what I would say is that Matt and his wife and I have gone for sushi a couple times, mm-hmm. um, at places where it was a, a time where they were feeling like having some fish, yep. Yep. and a place where they trusted that they would be eating ethically sourced food so mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the way matt framed this to me when we first became friends was not that he has an objection to eating meat it's that he has an objection to like industrial factory meat and that <clears throat> if there's like i'm i'm reasonably confident if you were ever to let's say uh come with me to calgary and go to my cousin's place for dinner that you'd probably be amenable to making or trying whatever he made because he'd gone and uh, oh, yeah. killed and and butchered the thing himself when like, dad makes venison i <clears throat> eat that when like a friend of mine's dad shot a goose like i ate goose with them like yeah there are there it's again it's to what i can control and what i know and like all i want to do is feel like i have some measure of control and that's part of like so this fall somebody right this fall if i happen to be fortunate enough to take a deer or an elk god forbid i get a tag for a moose yeah oh would you you, would you come over there yeah um, um, I'll can just I make chip a in request? That I, I, I will also come. I'm probably going hunting with my cousin this fall. So uh, could I, could I? <laughs> of course. Borking y'all. Well, it depends on I don't know what kind of mood I'm in. Okay. Yeah. I've always wanted to have venison bourguignon. It's... I yong is a dish. I was like, I guess it depends on the animal and like every animal tastes mm-hmm. different. I think that's where a lot of people are. My mom and I mm-hmm. were talking about this recently. She's like, I just the gaminess of it. Like everything should be soaked in milk. Oh, and I'm like no mom that's not right it's like it depends on the animal the time of year it changes yeah. but like you gotta be a good enough cook to compensate for that like you can't always just read a recipe when it yeah. comes to game really milk milk like ugh. yeah I, I i i think i think that is the ultimate way to be ethical about your meat eating mm-hmm. which is why i want to get into it and yeah. like um I may go a long time before I actually harvest something because I don't know what my visceral reaction will be mm-hmm. the first time I have my bow drawn on yeah. a living being. Have you ever... It messes you up, man. Have you ever killed, uh, like, fish or that kind of thing? Before? Of course, yeah, okay. fish. And I've, I've put down a hog and I've, you know, like, a lamb. I've... I've... It's... The, re- the reason why I ask every, is... Every time is, is very different, I think. I have a but hard in a controlled, time. hold on yep. one second on this. I have a hard time where I understand, like with the pig or the lamb, it's a very controlled situation. Mm-hmm. And there's somebody there who's very knowledgeable yeah, helping me through doing. that process. And um, there's a lot of controllable variables in there. But hunting is a totally different thing when you spend so much time and investment and you're getting out there and... And then you finally <laughs> see a truly wild creature in its natural habitat that doesn't even know you're there. Yeah. 
acting natural and it's like and to put a sight on it and drop it um risk <laughs> fucking up the shot and mm-hmm. causing suffering mm-hmm. because suffering. that's the last thing any hunter wants mm-hmm. um is is a very difficult <laughs> thing and i like and i don't know how i'll react to that but i do know that when it happens with a big game versus right. one of these domesticated animals um there is not a hope in hell that there there's nothing i will waste on that animal yeah. that hide is going to get tanned those antlers are going to get used or mounted or whatever <laughs> mm-hmm. it's nothing about it is going to go to waste mm. absolutely and i owe it to that animal f- to do it right. as an average consumer we like to think that we have the power through our dollars to ensure that doesn't happen but that's a lot of fucking idealistic yeah. bullshit because ultimately these systems exist and you contribute to them every day through so many different products throughout your household that you don't even understand. Yeah. Right. So anybody who feels like that's something that they absolutely need to cut every single animal product out of their life uh, is never willing to do what it would, what would be required to actually make that happen. You would be living like a caveman. Exactly. A really, really starving caveman. <laughs> really hungry yeah cold hungry no clothing on you <laughs> like which yeah. i mean kind of feeds back into to, uh, something that i feel pretty strongly about which is i've always been an omnivore uh and i've always eaten you know uh fish and mammals and whatever but uh i i've always had a real big thing about not wasting food um which is part of why like i'm happy that there's been a resurgence of interest in offal Mm-hmm. In North American cuisine, because that's always been something that What's drives awful? me. What's uh, Like guts. Oh. What goes into haggis? Yeah. As a, the, the, like, you know, well, liver awful, and kidney. Well, and... specifically refers to glands, glandular-based <clears throat> things like, um, and I guess, you know, brain, lung, right. tissue. Yeah. You know, not not your muscle and fat-based. Basically, like any but, of, any, in a general sense, it's any of the meat that you don't usually see uh, being offered up for sale. And like... Um, I'm a really Kidney big fan of liver. heart. Uh, heart's fucking heart delicious. Fantastic. Chicken heart in particular, like you skewer those and oh, sear dude. them on a, a, a grill or something. Like, oh my we, God. Growing up, we would, all, my mom would always get the birds, whether it was a chicken or oh. a turkey with all the full mm-hmm. in it yeah. and like the neck and, and everything. And we used to fight over the, the liver, the hearts, whatever, to the point where she finally got, you know, family of three <laughs> kids all loved him. Um, she got to the point where she just buy the bags of chicken hearts yeah. and they're just so fucking, fucking cook good. them all off. For and they're us. And those so were my cheap. Favorite meals like yeah. chicken heart curry. Mm-hmm. Oh. Never had curry, but I I actually made uh, this time last year. I was playing around a lot with uh, uh, spicy bulgogi, mm-hmm. and uh, rather than doing like pork or something, I for a couple of rounds I was just buying like platters of chicken hearts. Yeah, and it's dicing it up. Delicious. Oh, so good. So but, good. Um, so I'm really happy to see that kind of resurgence. But like, um. In a general sense, just that awareness of like eating everything. I I, I can't say that that's but necessarily. But where do you think that trend comes from? I couldn't say. Um, it comes from chefs. It's chef and restaurant driven because ultimately <clears throat> they're the ones that are learning about these things and and being at the forefront of it. And you which look doesn't at, surprise And me. you look at every culinary uh, revolution, every culinary evolution that has ever happened mm-hmm. has come, you know, in the last thousand years from basically uh, what people who cooked professionally were doing well i mean tying this back into how Corey and i even know each other and became friends um there's been a real trend in the past year or so in the the bartending movement 
of trying to do zero waste in cocktails. So taking like discarded lemon and other citrus uh, shells and uh, blending them up and making syrups out of it or whatever. Hmm. You could do um, that? Yeah, 100%. Neat. And so I've actually seen... Preservation a, is an incredible art. There's a few people that I, I follow uh, on like Instagram or Twitter or whatever, <clears throat> excuse me, in the bartending end of things who are making a real point of partnering with their kitchens to take like leftovers from making anything you could think mm-hmm. of. There is like a, a syrup that somebody was making uh, out of discarded dehydrated mushroom peels that were used Oof. for some like like all kinds of shit. Weird stuff. But, like, I, I obviously haven't tried a lot of this, but I, I feel that really does tie back into that whole, like, let's take everything we can and do as much of it, I've, as much I've with had, it I've as we can. I've had vegetarians and vegans cook for me in their homes, friends of mine. God bless their hearts. And, like, watch how much waste they have on yeah. the veg. Like, if that le- the lettuce has the slightest amount of rust on it, it's gone. Sorry, if, don't do that. If... Um, you know, the carrot is, you know, peeling a carrot, just how much they overpeel it yeah. and lose a lot of the, you know, just wash the shit out of it. The skin is where you get a lot of your fiber yeah. and your nutri- nutrients from, not the meat of the carrot. Yeah. Um, things like that. It's all respect to your right to choose. And if you are that committed to it, then actually spend that time and energy focusing on refining it to the best of its abilities or arguments um don't spend your time and energy trying to convert people mm-hmm. or prove people they're wrong because ultimately like if it is that good of a system it will take hold yeah. but you being know, a like, good ambassador for your cause is a better like you know and doing all, it as best as you can is a better ambassadorship and it, and it always and it always amazes me and encourages me when i see like these these uh situations like antler hopping up and you know the animal rights versus this and that and seeing on the threads how many vegetarians and vegans will are just as quick to say listen this is not the way to go about doing Mm -hmm. this you know like i respect their right to do it just as they respect mine and if somebody wants to learn about it come to me and i'm happy to help you Mm -hmm. But to go and attack somebody's livelihood is a totally different situation. Totally. I think um, I would also say that on some level, if you're going to be somebody who does consume uh, like animal or fish protein, I think it's it's disingenuous if you're not willing to be involved in the process of actually acquiring it. And like I say that as somebody who grew up like fishing and killing fish for food, so like maybe I'm mm-hmm. I'm a little bit of a different uh, a, a different mindset on that. But like I'm an omnivore, I really like eating dead things I, i'll be the first to, to cop to that <laughs> there i'm not gonna ever challenge you on that but the thing is that process them as much as possible in fact <laughs> but not even well that, that's kind of the thing though is that like um i haven't been hunting for mammal in like 20 years i i went probably more than that actually like 23 or 24 years but like i've done that and i, I grew up fishing um and i feel like if you're going to particularly in, in like our kind of society if you're going to be somebody who is going to advocate for especially the consumption of of like dead animals you need to be willing to be involved in the process of both killing and processing that so like At some of mm-hmm. well yeah so i'm not sure if that got recorded but no one can hear once. you he's not in the microphone but at least once <laughs> at least once yeah don't you don't have to go do it a thousand times but like i would say once. that I, I think if you're if you're somebody who's um at least on an ethical level concerned about any of this if you're willing to eat 
dead things to do so you need to both be very conscious about making use of as much of it as you can but also being willing to be involved in it um and so like again that's coming from just shut the fuck up and do it and leave other people to their life yeah but like (laughs) i'm quite keen to go and be involved in the process of hunting and and butchering and and caring because i'm somebody that likes eating meat and i feel like it would be really intellectually dishonest of me to say the only way i'm ever going to do this as as a slab of red cut up stuff in the supermarket uh, if, I, if I'm prepared to eat that, then I need to be prepared to be involved in the actual killing <laughs> and butchering of what ended up on my plate. All right. I uh, I like where we're at on this. Let's... That's uh, you know, that, my, yeah, my phone screensaver is actually the, the pig that we butchering. shot. <laughs> let's, <laughs> like, uh, hanging and bleeding, yeah. Let's uh, finish up with our... Well, let's, let's hit our sad when it's over, which I'm doubling up on this time because... We're just we taking got, a break, right? Oh no, we're we're good. We're wrapping we up. Done. We're just gonna hang out after. We'll this. hang out for a bit. Um, but no, we we made it to the end. We did good. And we never we're did on an point. We're on time. If you just, if you don't talk about it, then you can pitch one in. Um, so uh, no, I'm doubling up on my sad when it's over because I liked my one that we recorded last time and I was robbed. Robbed, I tell you. There uh, is a band that I've been into since uni called the Fratellis, and I just like I always happen to be browsing the like new releases page on iTunes whenever they release a record. So I like hit upon their new one this week, and fuck, is it good? Um, so like they had their first hit with an they were in an iPod commercial mm-hmm. like back when they had iPod commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, kids, once upon a time there were commercials for iPods. <laughs> um, <laughs> iPods are MP3 players that were replaced <laughs> by iPhones, uh, and it's great. And if you would, if you know their music, they're it's like it's poppy, it's a little bit punky, but they've this is kind of a return to to what I, I they did that I like best. So that and last time I talked about a documentary I watched called The Battered Bastards of Baseball, mm. which was a story about uh, Bing Russell, father of Kurt Russell, who founded at the time the only independent baseball team on you in america uh and how he like kind of brought in independent baseball back to portland and it's like it is oddly fascinating it to is. watch what they yeah Corey had seen yeah. it and like it's crazy like how they like they would dominate they never want to feel like they were more of a professional drinking team but <laughs> seen that way. to play like, baseball they're like the they real were. life <laughs> it's like the bad news bears grew up and yeah. like got a baseball team but kurt you know Russell what? played on this story. fucking team it's, it's a crazy. great story of redemption because it really is about like yeah. the stories of the guys who played and like what that meant to them absolutely well because they they had open cast they heard open casting calls (laughs) fuck i thought Um, you were going with open casket funerals open tryouts (laughs) for the team so like a lot of these players that like because like they couldn't it's the end of the road like it's not an affiliated team in major league baseball all the minor league teams are development systems for major league teams like they put a guy there because they've signed him and they want to develop his talent before they put him in the major leagues but this was just like this was an independent baseball team these guys were just paid to play baseball so they're guys who had washed out of the major leagues at some point or guys who had like had to try themselves and and, yeah or got injuries and just like kind of that ended their major league a couple extra years in the clink exactly (laughs) Uh, so it's a really it's a really fascinating story even if you're not like a huge baseball fan just like the the independent spirit of it all is very inspiring so uh (laughs) paul do you have um did my talking about carpenter brute make it to air (laughs) probably of what well there was the the musician that i talked about i I know i did when we last recorded with you i just don't know if it was on it was the first one or the second one (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Sucker. I, I don't listen to this show. Why would you? Yeah, Sucks. you'd have to be a fucking moron to listen to this show. Not only is it free, but it's terrible. They're always so wasted. So if I did talk about Carpenter Brute, then I don't need to. If I didn't, and you like anything to do with synth music made by metalheads, go check it out, uh, I guess. What was the one you were showing me today? Oh, that was Internaut. Yeah. Uh prog metal made by jazz heads sure let's yeah, go with that okay if you like progressive metal and you're into jazz go listen to internet it's good it's got like i i like primus <clears throat> and it was enough like primus metal that i was like i, oh, like, I, this. I loved primus we're yeah. gonna put that on once we're done recording again because we had to pause it so we yeah. didn't get sued for copyright infringement cool Corey. uh you guys uh, you guys were firefly firefly fans were you i've yeah. never seen the show i was you really were? i've seen the movie but i've never seen the show really? okay so i definitely was okay, it's too so late for me was, and Joss Whedon. Uh, serenity <clears throat> yeah i've yeah. seen serenity yeah it was a fantastic series and i think it's like one of those ones that people were always like got canceled too should have had more than 12 episodes and i recently came across a series that only has four four seasons um and i was so fucking saddened to hear like to learn about it binge it and find out it was done and over with but Which yet is? it was the first one that i've ever ha- um experienced that with where it actually felt like they tied everything up in a point oh. where i could actually walk away from it happy and nice. it's a uh, banshee on on crave i haven't heard of it it's, it's like uh master thief uh he gets out of jail after 15 years he went in in order to save his his lover who is his partner in the jewel heist. She got away and he gets out after 15 years. He goes to track her down and on his first night in town, um, events lead to him assuming the role of the sheriff. You said this called Banshee? Banshee. And it's uh, like, yeah, four seasons, I think 10 episodes each. And they're, everyone's like a fucking ride. It's super graphic violence, uh, super graphic sex some really uncomfortable episodes where you're like questioning your own morality. (laughs) But at the end of it, it was, yeah, it was one of the best TV series I think I've ever watched in my life. I've written it down. I'll look it up. Can I also just note, apparently Deadwood is coming back. Oh, uh, I never never watched watched it. Yeah. Yeah. You pitch justified to me as, as though it was the guy from that's, Great great, 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 But I also clarified that that wasn't my. You were talking about Deadwood, and I like had heard somebody say exactly that. That it's like watching what? Justified and fantasizing that he's the great, great. That because it's Oliphant and Timothy yeah. Oliphant, and both of them fantasizing. Get the fuck like, out of my group chat. You're not welcome anymore. <laughs> um, but I want to. Well, um, even if it's just you and I, I want to do a like a deep dive on Godless when I finish it. Because oh, Godless. Fuck, a, no, oh we need God. to get Paul involved in that. Okay, sure. No, that needs to be a DTPOG show. Okay, okay, okay. Because so Paul's like this, the one that convinced me to watch it. It's this Western on Netflix about. Um, like it, it, there's like two kind of threads that intertwine. So like there's this town, a mining town that's full of women. Like all the men are dead. There or, was a mining accident, and most three of the men died. That. They died in the mine. Um, and so like this guy who's running away from his criminal gang that essentially raised him is the impression mm-hmm. that he got is like fleeing. He's he tried to take down the leader and failed and is running. 
uh, and ends up in this town. And then Jeff Daniels plays the like the leader of this criminal gang who's like which is also like borderline a cult. Yeah, I don't know how far into it you are. No, well he because Jeff Daniels was raised by like some fanatical Mormon. He's a Mormon. Yeah, who who like oh man, it's messed up. Like I'm gonna spoil like Banshee. Then it also like ties in the Amish. Okay, so here's what I would say. Um, the way that Paul pitched this to me, uh. Our, like, mutually shared, one of our favorite novels is Cormac McCarthy's Blood Meridian, <clears throat> which is, like, apocalyptic cowboy fiction from yeah. the 1840s. And, um, or set in the 1840s, I should say. And the plot of this is kind of similar to that in some respects, particularly with the villains. And the way that Paul pitched Godless to me is as the closest we will probably ever get yeah. to a good film adaptation, like, screen adaptation of Blood Meridian. And I would... I would say very strongly that is the case. Uh, Interesting. There's a, a like as a like what really kind of oh, 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 hooked me in and like oh, kind of way was the his story about his his original family. Yeah. Where he like Jeff Daniels. Jeff even. Daniels' yeah. original family, and they were on a wagon train that was attacked by this like Mormon fanatic who made it murdered look like everyone murdered everyone except this kid and made it look like like the natives did it. Did it. Huh? Oh, the natives did. Like the okay. natives but did. But then adopted him and, and then said, took like, him you're on. my child now. Yeah, and adopted this kid. And that's how, like, Jeff Daniels got to be Jeff Daniels in this show. It is so messed crazy. He, he always wears, like, a, a purple shirt with the, the priest collar on it. Yeah. And, like, he, he explicitly, op- like, people call him, uh, like, pastor, father, yeah. whatever. It's a dark fucking show. It's but so it's also, up. it's gorgeously filmed yeah mm-hmm. uh and yeah no we we need to get paul and doing that but okay. i will re-watch that before we fucking okay. record that was a great show it is a good show um <clears throat> this has been drink this podcast uh our guest has been chef Corey. uh we want to thank him for for sitting down and having this chat with us thank you sir thank you for having me always hey, fun always enjoy always having fun. you on this show if you've enjoyed the like nerdist wtf format <laughs> of no intro maybe let us know and i'll just keep doing that because it seems easier than interrupting the show to like introduce Please, audience mm-hmm. justify his laziness. yeah exactly <laughs> like maybe i'll even do our laziness let's just be clear here I'm usually on these. Yeah, I, I mean, you know. Uh, so uh, if you like that, let us know. But uh, if you want to, like, if you could also, whatever platform you use to subscribe to this podcast, give us a rating. We'd really appreciate that. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> um, hit up our Facebook or Twitter page. Like any social media we're on, we're at Drink This Pod. I think it's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, I am personally at Slingsbot. Paul. At Igor Zarubo on pretty much anything I want you to see. Corey? Chef Corey Submato. Um, you can also check out our website, Drink This Pod, where you can see the other podcasts produced by Screaming Duction Studios, including 30 Years of Dough, um, which I haven't pitched a new segment idea to Chris, but I want to start this thing. So, like, we're watching an old Simpsons episode, and there was the joke about the, like, 90 sea shanties on three discs, and I wanted to, like... Nobody would get this anymore. Like nobody, like there's no kid alive who would remember watching those commercials of like. Uh, most kids alive don't know what Blockbuster was. Well, exactly. And, and so like I want, like, I want to do this segment on that show. And like, granted, it's not my show, so I don't have a say. But like, if you're listening, Chris, I want to do this. We're just like, uh, I remember when, and it's like <laughs> I remember when this joke was fucking funny because these things actually happened. Uh, but to you, it's probably irrelevant. Also, both Matt and I have now been on at least one episode of Thirty exactly. Years of I'm on most of them. I'm on two at least. Uh, Yours was good. I just that one just went up. Uh, you can also see uh, the Alberta Craft Beer Guycast there, uh, hosted by a friend of the show. I've never been Andrew, on that. You no, know, no. Uh, Andrew Ironmonger, <laughs> uh, where we uh, where he chats with makers and shakers in the Alberta craft beer industry. 
until next time, thanks so much for listening. Again, if you like the NPR style, WTF, Nerdist style, whatever you want to call it, if you like the no intro version of the show, let us know. Maybe we'll do that again because it really does seem easier than interrupting the show to like. It's talk. fun. It lets the conversation. Yeah, exactly. Go in a very so like maybe manner. it's a good idea. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I have been Matt. Goodbye. I've been Paul. Corey. And we will drink with you again soon.